Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hockey fans, welcome back to Casing the League on Believe Network, brought to you by Bet Online. Casing the League is where you can get all NHL hot topics, top headlines, and best bets once we're back in the swing of season. But today we have a very special guest, beat writer for the Tampa Bay Lightning, Chris Kren. Thank you so much for taking a minute to chat with us. We know Bolts fans are kind of on edge right now, and I figured you'd probably be one of the best people to talk to to maybe help lower the nerves, lower some of the... Uh, frustration if you will that the bolts fans are feeling how are you doing chris good yeah thanks for having me of course no problem so every guest that we have on even though i've worked around you for the past season we like to do a quick little icebreaker so that fans can get a chance to get to know you it's just a little personality thing uh how would you best describe yourself speedy skilled winger chirpy chippy center fun one to say protective defenseman or a quirky uh goalie and if it makes you feel better i could tell you how my family rates me <laughs> i'll say i'll go with number three protective defenseman stay at home defenseman like to be at home homebody um pretty quiet Ooh. mellow um so the other three <laughs> don't fit me as well but um i'll go with that one how about you all right. I, I could see that. You do to be on the more quiet side. My family puts me down as the chippy, chirpy center. But as the youngest, I feel like I had to learn how to defend myself. I'm the youngest of four, technically. Um, and so you've got to be a little witty and quick on your feet. But the reality of it is that I actually was not much of a talker when I was younger. I was very quiet, didn't say much, liked to keep to myself. So um, I was more of a protective person back in the day, but not so much anymore. Um, now, the other fun question that I love to ask that, you know, a lot of beat writers, a lot of hosts have had fun with, because we all have to lighten the mood when it comes to this intense job of ours at some point, is with the Lightning's 46-36 record and the progress or digression that they had this past season, what's a song that would either describe the season, a big moment, which we had a lot of them with the Lightning, or a big exciting player what's a song that you would use to describe one of those categories yeah this is a hard question um <laughs> i would say if i'm thinking about like the whole season the one thing that came to mind which it's funny because it's a really popular song with the avalanche but all the small things by blink 182 was one that came to mind for me just because oh, i love it all the you know especially the first half of the year i think it was a lot of the little things that the lightning didn't do quite well enough they were turning the puck over a lot in their own zone it just felt like a lot of the little things that they did really well over the past several years that helped them get to where they were. They kind of struggled with some of those things. Um, so that was my choice. Um, I thought about something like maybe all in by little baby, something like that. They are all in. I think they're still all in, but um, that was one that came to mind for me just because I think the first half of the year was they struggled with some of the, just the little things doing the little things. Right. And then obviously in the playoffs um, failing to win on home ice where you know, they kind of did things right for most of the year was, was at home. They were really good at home. Mm -hmm. um, but that was the first one that came to mind for me. I love it. Well, I'll never go against Blink-182. I think I've sickly seen them in concert seven times now, Warp Tour not included. So wow. big fan of that. I love the versatility that everyone's coming up with. Um, but you're right. The small details were very crucial. And 
there was moments where they started to piece it together and there was moments where it just seemed like the most unattainable goal in their game and to see them lose on home ice during playoffs is probably one of the most killer things um but as we kind of discussed in the top of the segment there was a lot of action that went places part this weekend i'm sure that you've had the most insane schedule in the last well couple of weeks um fans were kind of prepared to lose alex kalorn they weren't exactly prepared to lose pat maroon the conversation about ross colton being traded was on the block so what would you say the type the Tampa Bay lightning stands right now are we in a rebuild or are we just in a realignment because this team is going to look a lot different heading into this upcoming season yeah, they are. But I mean, I think it's just realigning. Like you said, it's, you know, as long as they have their core pieces in place, I think they're in pretty good shape. Um, you know, between Stamkos, Hedman, Point, Kucherov, Sorelli, Sergachev, and Vassy. I mean, what is that? Seven guys. I think you'll get those seven guys. That's a really strong core, especially when you look around the league comparatively to a lot of teams. Um, a lot of teams would really, really like to have all those guys on their team. So I think Lightning fans have, for better or for worse, gotten a little bit spoiled over the past several years just with all the talent they've had on the roster. And, um, you know, guys have had had to leave. I mean, you can't blame Alex Kalorn for leaving um, and getting the money that he got in Anaheim. It's We've seen it a lot over the past several years with a few different players. Andre Palat in, in New Jersey comes to mind. So, But as long as they have those core guys in place, um, particularly the goalie and, and Stamkos and Hedman are getting, you know, they're on the – back nine of their careers now, but they're still superstars in the league. So you want to capitalize while you have those guys on the roster because they're not going to, you know, be performing at the highest level for too many more years. So um, they want to capitalize while they have those guys. I don't think they're rebuilding quite yet. Um, and I think they feel pretty good about the core they'll have in place after those guys leave. Now that they've, you know, locked up a lot of those key pieces that I mentioned in the Sorelli, the Sergachev, you know, Chernak, Point, Vassy, Cooch, like those guys are all still pretty young and, and will be good players in the league for a long time. So I think they're just realigning a little bit. And um, I think it's hard for the fans because the guys that have left are really popular guys that, um, yep. you know, Lauren has been here forever. Maroon is a really popular guy. Colton had grown on the fans a lot too. Um, but when you take a step back and look at it um, and the guys they added for what Julian was able to do with the money that he had <laughs> available to him, I think it's insane. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty impressive. So we'll see once once they hit the ice what the guys are able to do. But um, I think one area they they struggled last year was speed in their bottom six. You know, the fourth line was probably a little bit too slow. Um, and yep. and they got better in that area. And I think you have to be fast in this league, especially now. And you know, they've added some guys that can skate uh, and that they hope can can help them win. But at the end of the day, they still have a really strong core. They still have some really good players. The goaltender is still one of the best in the world, if not the best. So um, I would say realigning, not rebuilding quite yet. I love how you kind of structured that because you touched on a couple key things there. For one, the team's getting younger at the right time because the guys that are on another contract who you might not see in the next five, six years, it's going to be important that there's not a huge drop off. But the other thing that you said, which Bolts fans don't get mad, but we have gotten quite a bit spoiled over the years. Um, do you recall the frustration or the negativity or all of the chirping that took place when it was time to pick up guys like Blake Coleman and uh, Goodrow and that third line wasn't anticipated to be as successful and formidable as they were, but then they turned into a fan favorite. Does this feel kind of similar to what was happening around that trade time? A little bit. I mean, I think 
there's just there's a lot of more unknowns i would say i guess going into this year just with you know they're gonna have a whole brand new fourth line pretty much um mm-hmm. and then you know ac mont's gonna have to play a bigger role with the extension he got we didn't see too much of him after they acquired him Janelle, he's gonna probably play a really big role too so it's it is similar though i think that there is you know even with brandon hagel when he got traded like there was a lot mm-hmm. of negative talk about him going into the playoffs that he hadn't been good enough for what they gave up and I do think there's something probably to be said for starting fresh at the beginning of the season, having a training camp and going into the year. Like I think Janelle will be a lot better this year. I think AC Mont will take some steps forward. I know he's having, he's working really hard this summer to, to prove a lot of people wrong and and play, be a regular in the NHL. So there's some similarities, but it's, I can't remember the last time the lightning have had this many brand new faces on the team going into the year. I mean, they're going to have several guys that, are wearing a lightning jersey for the first time on opening night that probably more than than the past several seasons i would think yeah definitely been a while since we've seen anything like this which of course is why some fans are freaking out if it's a rebuild but i think that you put a lot of minds at ease to say it's just a realignment so calm down but of course that brings us to uh some of the top three guys that were picked up uh you got connor sherry you got josh archibald you got luke glenning um what were your initial thoughts with these pickups i think fans are now getting more on board after researching and seeing some videos on connor sherry and what he brings to the table of course to be trusted to play along one of the greats like Sidney crosby on that top line for a little bit he has game-winning goals on his resume um what can you say about these top three guys what stuck out to you the most well i I like the sherry pickup a lot i think it was a good ad for the the price again it was you know limited money that julian had that he was able to use. Um, but you get a guy that, as you mentioned, played with Sidney Crosby, spent some time playing with Ovechkin as well. You know, you were around last year, you heard a lot, Cooper, talking about Hagel and saying how hard it is to play with with really good players. I think people don't realize that playing with superstars isn't isn't easy. And Sherry's been able to do that. And that's what they're going to need. They need someone to come in. And he's almost stepping in as a replacement for Kalorn and Colton to a certain extent. Um, you know, they're going to need some goals. He's a guy that's come close to scoring 20 goals the past couple seasons. Um, we know he can score. He's fast. That That's another thing that I mentioned before. They needed to get a little bit faster probably, and they do that with him. Um, I think the theme with all these guys that they brought in is just they're fast and they forecheck. I think that's something that Julian really wanted. You see it in Acemont, you see it in Hagel. It's kind of been a theme of the guys he's been picking up is they're good skaters. They get in on the forecheck and they can force turnovers. Archibald is a really good example of that. He's a really good skater, kind of a pesky player, good fourth line guy. And then Glendenning Lightning fans will know him from those playoff series against the Red Wings all those years ago. And he was always tasked with going against the triplets line. Um, and he did a pretty good job. I mean, that line was really, really good. And, and they scored some goals. But for the most part, I can remember him being a real thorn in the side of the Lightning at times. Really good on faceoffs, which I think the Lightning need. You have a guy that can take faceoffs on the right side on the penalty kill now, um, which will be really helpful for them. He's a good penalty killer. So, again, it's kind of just doing what you can with the limited amount of money you have. They don't have that much right now, but I really like the Sherry Adam. Interested to see what he can bring, um, just because he can put the puck in the net, and that's what they're going to miss with Kalorn being gone, and same with Ross Colton. That's a lot of goals that you have to replace, um, and it's hard to find guys that can score goals in free agency, um, unless it's kind of a big time player that you're going to spend a lot of money on. So I thought it was a good ad. Um, I think he'll be good in their top six, but another guy that can play up and down the lineup um, if they need him to. So. Um, 
it should be interesting to see what they can all bring. Archibald didn't play, you know, a full 82-game season in the NHL last year, so he's going to be tasked with playing a lot of games on the fourth line. Glenn Denning's been there, um, getting a little bit older, so hopefully he's, um, you know, still able to keep up and, and play a good fourth-line role. I think he'll be up to it, and um, like I said, a lot of new faces, so it should be interesting to see the forward group up front. But the one thing I'll say, too, is the Lightning have never had problems scoring goals for the most part over the past several yeah. years. They've been able to score a lot. If anything, I think their issues have come from within their own zone, defending, turning the puck over. And you got three players that you listed right there that are pretty responsible players um, and should help, as Julian has mentioned several times, help those top guys be able to actually get really good opportunities um, offensively and not have to worry so much about the defensive zone as maybe they've had to in the past couple of years. Yeah, worrying about the defensive zone seemed kind of like one of the bigger things or issues um, because there were so many games where Coach Cooper would say how imperative it was that the guys only beat themselves. It wasn't because the other team was that much better. Um, Also, what I saw out of these three guys is that when it comes to Connor Sherry, it's his ability to get pucks through traffic. I saw that when we were going against certain defenses that that would kind of create frustration and eliminate the Lightning's top scorers to create any chances to create scoring opportunities. So that's my excitement for Connor Sherry joining the lineup. Uh, We need a little bit of creativity. We need a little bit of unorthodox movement going on there. That's not going to be so predictable. And I think he can help with that, which brings us to a more fun conversation. Let's uh, let's pick some lines. We know coach Cooper loves throwing things in the blender. He's one of the top coaches in the league, if not the top for switching up the lineup (laughs) like that, just because, Um, and I, There were some opinions out on Twitter the other day. Some people loved them. Some people didn't. Now, by Daily Faceoff, they posted projections of of lines with Stamkos, Point, Kucherov being that top line, Hagel, Sorelli, Sherry, A.C. Mott, Paul, Juneau, Kepke, Glenn Glenn Denning, and Archibald on that fourth line. What what are your initial thoughts of this, and what would you change? Oh, I I mean, we could start with yours if you want. I'd like to hear what yours were. I didn't see them. (laughs) You want to throw it on mine? Okay, yeah, so mine it. was mine was um, I liked Hagel and Sorelli being together. I think we saw a lot of success with them. Obviously, um, they got paired together a lot throughout playoffs to turn into a shutdown line. Of course, they had Alec them who was very successful in playoffs. But I like Hagel's game with Sorelli. Something I also noticed is that Hagel, Sorelli, and Kalorn when they were together, their high danger chance percentage was like sixty-two percent plus. Um, which was higher than when Hagel was on the top line with Point and Kucherov. So (laughs) Google has an opinion too. Um, So for my lines, I have Shiri on that top line with Point and Kucherov because of his ability to distribute the puck, get the puck through traffic like we just talked about. Because what? imagine the beauty if, if Kucherov can be set up equally as much as he sets up his teammates, right? And then his speed can match pace with a guy like Braden Point, which would just be insane because Braden Point embarrassed so many defensemen um, this season specifically, driving through three different guys and making it look easy. Then I liked Hagel, Sorelli, weird one here, AC Mont. I think that AC Mont skating with Hagel and Sorelli will help level up his game. But, of course, you don't want to drop a guy like Steven Stamkos to the third line. So I'd put Stammer back on the second line. AC Mont, Paul, and Janot, I like that line. I like Paul and Janot together because initially I thought that they would have complimented each other's game when Tanner Janot got to the Lightning. And then that fourth line I wouldn't really touch. So <laughs> how much do you hate what I just chose and what would you change? No, I think everything everything you said made a lot of sense. Um, I think you're 100% right. Like Hagel and Sorelli during the playoffs, they're excellent as a shutdown line you know with Kaloran on there as well 
Um, and they're similar, right? Like they're both never give up on a play kind of guys, tough to play against. Um, and I think what we're looking at right now, it could very much, I mean, it could be what it's going to look like on opening night. We've seen that Stamkos point Kucherov line a lot, particularly at the beginning of the season. I feel like it usually starts that way. Um, I was a little bit surprised that they stuck with it throughout the playoffs. Um, just because Same. of the success we saw Hagel have with Point and Cooch, but you said it like him, Sorelli, and Kalorn were so good on that shutdown line. And we've seen the importance of like having that really good shutdown line in the postseason. So you kind of need that. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is what it started. If it were me, I would probably put Hagel back on the top line with Point and Kucherov. I just think they were so dominant throughout the year. Um, really really good together the three of them played well together we talked earlier about it can be hard to play with superstar players and i think hegel really excelled um with that another thing to keep in mind too is you know if they don't sign him before the start of the season um he had a really big year last year and if he can have numbers like that again uh, this coming season score 30 goals he's going to be in line for a heavy heavy raise i mean he's going to be in line for that regardless but um you put him on a shutdown line more maybe because you know he's really effective there and maybe he won't score as many goals uh in that role i don't think that really will play into it too much to be honest but if it were me i'd put him with point and kucherov i just think that's a really good top line um and it spreads out those three superstars a little bit um and then with this i'd probably move stamkos onto that left wing with sorelli we saw it a lot last year where with that, you have the option of you have Stamkos, who's a right-handed center who can take face-offs. Sorelli's the left-handed guy who can take face-offs. So you kind of have options there. Um, and I like Sherry on the second line. I think it makes sense. You bring him in, he's probably going to have to fill a top six role. Um, just looking at the other guys on the roster, he can put the puck in the net. Um, and he brings some of that speed to that line, like we talked about with the forechecking and things like that. So uh, I think that makes sense. I also really liked when their top six last year was Hegel Point Kucherov. Stamkos, Paul, Kalorn. Um, yes. Yeah, I thought those three, like Nick Paul had a really good first half of the season, and I thought that line played really well together. Um, so you wonder about Paul, where he'll end up playing. But at the end of the day, you signed Sorelli to that really long extension, um, which, you know, he's going to be your your second line center probably for the future, mm -hmm. um, with Point probably being that number one guy. Stamkos, obviously, we know he likes to play in the middle. Um, but I think with him on the second line with Sorelli, like I said, it gives you that option to, you know, right-handed center, left-handed center. Um, and then Nick Paul, you know, you're paying him what you're paying him. That salary is about in line with the third line center. Um, and with AC Mont and Janot, I think that makes sense too. You just bring in AC Mont on a new deal. Janot, he's going to be here next year, whether it goes to arbitration or not. I don't think it will. Um, we'll see if it does. But even if it does, I don't think the Lightning are in a terrible spot financially if it does go to arbitration, because a lot of fans, I don't think, know this, but when a case goes to arbitration, it's all based on your previous season. So he had, I, I believe it was his rookie year, he scored over 20 goals. Um, mm -hmm. That kind of gets thrown out the window if they go to arbitration. I don't think that they will. I think teams like to avoid that for obvious reasons. But if it were to go that far, I don't think it would be too concerning in terms of the number he would get, because... It's all based off of your past season um, and his numbers weren't, you know, spectacular by any means last season. So if it were to go that far, like I said, right. I don't think it will. But um, regardless, he's going to be back. Um, I think him, Acemont and Paul makes sense as a third line. Um, a lot of guys that, you know, Acemont can skate. 
Um, good shutdown guys. So, and then the fourth line, Kepke, Glendening, Archibald. Um, I mean, we'll see what Kepke can do. I, I think I thought he actually played pretty well when he was up with the Lightning to start mm-hmm. the year. It seems like forever ago. Um, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. But he, I thought he played okay. Um, he did pretty well. Uh, I don't think he looked out of place by any means. He can skate. He has the size. Um, but I didn't watch a ton of Syracuse games, but his numbers were a little underwhelming when he went down to Syracuse. Um, mm-hmm. They signed Logan Brown on that free agency day. We'll see if he can come in and, and maybe win that fourth line spot. He's had some issues staying healthy, but you know he was a top 15 pick, I believe, when he got drafted. Really high prospect yeah. coming out. Um, has really good AHL numbers, um, close to a point-per-game player. So he's going to be fighting for a roster spot. I'm sure fans saw me tweeting a lot about Valtteri Morella um, or Marilla the finish forward that they just signed this off season. Um, he was at development camp, looked really, really good. Oldest player there, but he stuck out. He, he's big, he's strong, uh, protects the puck really well. Seems like a really smart player, really good shot. Um, and when I talked to him, his biggest thing for him was he thinks he's a 200 foot player and he thinks that's the strength of his game. Um, it's his ability to play up and down the ice um, and be good defensively. And, and if he's going to be, you know, coming in on a fourth line role, you're going to need that. So mm-hmm. I'll be fascinated to see if he can challenge for a spot. He looked, like I said, he, he stuck out big time at, at development camp, but he should, he's, he was older than all those guys. So we'll see what he can do in main camp, but that's going to be probably the question mark with, with all this. I think all these guys make sense, um, but Kepke, we'll see if he can fill that role. If not, it could be a Brown, uh, it could be a Morella. Uh, and there's a few other guys I could challenge too. And who knows, maybe they go out and add another forward. They've, they've created some money with, with the trade of Maroon. Um, mm-hmm. not sure if they're done in that regard in terms of adding or trading. I think they still could do something if they wanted to. So we'll see, but, um, that would be, my guess would be Hegel point Kucherov, Stamko, Sorelli, Sherry, AC Montpaul, Janot, and then I'll say, I'll say Logan Brown, Glenn Denning, Archibald. I think they like his oh. size. He's a big skater. And, um, like I said, if he can stay healthy, he's he was a really high prospect. He's actually put up decent numbers in the NHL, played almost 100 games, has the experience. Kepke, um, he made the team out of camp last year, though, so I think it, it could be a good bet for him to be there as well. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought Logan Brown into it because the only reason I didn't think of it is because I know some fans, when they started tweeting, they were like, good luck with Logan Brown. And I'm like, why are you wishing us luck? What do you know that we don't know yet? But I'm guessing it's the health. Um, being in favor of this upcoming season. But if that's the case, I love everything that you mentioned about him. And I like those lines because you're right. Nick Paul was very successful when he was playing on that second line and then the drop off. And this year, it's just kind of seeing what guys can have that endurance to either play well in every game that they're in or get the momentum swing at the right time of the season. We know 82 games is extremely long, not even counting playoffs. Um, And it's hard for a lot of players to keep their legs fresh and their body healthy, which kind of brings me to a question that I think drew a lot of concern over the past couple of months. We know that there was not much depth. And when it came to the defensive core of this team, we know a lot of people were struggling after the loss of Ryan McDonough who's going to be our stay-at-home defenseman. Then you have Victor Hedman that acquired that upper body injury when they did their West Coast tour in the beginning of the season. I don't think Victor Hedman was himself at all this entire season, uh, mm-hmm. especially coming off of the success, the success that he had previously. Um, he had 
20 goals, 65 assists in the season beforehand, and then came up with only nine goals this season, I think 40 assists. So where does your concern lie on the blue line? Did Nick Perbix and Darren Radish show enough to kind of let this team know we can build with these guys rather than having to go out and pay for a stay-at-home defenseman? Well, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that all goes. I think Nick Perbix surprised everyone last year with the way he came oh, yeah. in and how calm he was, and he was great. Um, and you went into the year wondering about the right side of their D and it actually kind of ended up being a strength in a weird way, um, with him and, and Chernak and, and Radish was out of this world. Good. When he came up, I mean, you could argue, I wouldn't say better than Perbix cause Perbix did it all year long, but I mean, wow, he was really good in the playoffs. He was excellent. Um, him and Sergachev, I thought were a great pair, um, so I think in terms of the D, I was really happy to see them go out and get Calvin DeHaan. Um, I think that was the one spot that uh, I think Hayden Fleury is a great skater. Um, and I actually think he played pretty well when he was given the opportunity last year, which wasn't very often. But um, I think they needed to address that and get another guy like an Ian Cole, just a veteran guy that, that can be a stay-at-home guy. He's a really strong defender. He'll play physical. He's a big guy. He'll block shots. Um, it's kind of what you want from your third pair defenseman. I think Ian Cole caught a lot of heat from Lightning fans last year. And, you know, he took a lot of penalties um, for sure. And, and there were some mess ups by him. But I think sometimes fans don't realize if you look around the NHL, most teams, third pair defensemen, um, it's not very pretty. <laughs> um, and a lot of <laughs> would have liked to have Ian Cole, particularly for his ability to kill penalties last year. He was really good on the PK and he stays healthy, too. Um, right. and he brought championship pedigree, which I thought was important. Uh, I think that's another thing people don't realize how important it is, is guys that have won cups. And I should have mentioned that with Sherry beforehand, um, just to have been there and gone on those runs. It's, it's really important. So I like the signing of Dahan, um, just a stay at home guy. Like I said, another guy they had to bring in on, on the league minimum, um, just with the money, but it, it's going to be another thing that's interesting to watch. I think Victor Hedman, as you mentioned, he'd probably be the first one to tell you he didn't have the year he wanted to last year. Um, you know, getting taken off the first power play, I, I know was not ideal for him. Um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's interesting, right? Cause it's like we talked about earlier with, with Sorelli and, and those guys is you signed Sergeyev long-term. I mean, this is the guy that's going to be your number one defenseman for, for a long time. Um, and eventually that torch is going to have to get passed from Hedman over to him. Um, and I think we saw bits of it last year, but I, I think Victor, you know, he said it at the end of the year, he's motivated to come back and, and be even better than he was this year. And I think the rest will do him really well. Um, I think for all the guys at well, it, this is, he in particular is probably, I would say 100% has played the most of anyone other than Bassey over those playoff runs um, in terms yeah. of actual time on the ice. You know, he didn't miss very many games in terms of health and he's playing 30 minutes a night in the playoffs. So I think the rest will be good for him. Um, be interested to see how the first power play looks. Is it going to be him? Is it going to be Sergi? Um, but either way, to have that as a one-two on, on your one and two power plays is pretty good. Um, but I think he'll have a really good bounce back year. I think he, like I said, he'll be the first one to tell you he didn't have the year he wanted to. Um, but still a, an elite defense in the NHL can do everything. And to have a guy that big that can skate the way he can, really good thing to have. Sergachev. I'm a big Sergeyev fan. I know sometimes he can turn the puck over in his own end a little bit more than Lightning fans would like. I think he got better with that as the year went on. thought he was really good in the playoffs. Um, 
and I think he's just going to keep getting better. I, if fan, the fans that were around for when Victor Hedman got drafted and first started playing NHL hockey, he just got better and better and better every year. And I think we've seen that with Sergey, still extremely young um, and has the right mentality to be a really good NHL player. Him, Vassy, and Cooch, the Russian guys, they they all want to be the best. Um, they're not satisfied. They're all really hard workers, and they're all really, really hard on themselves. Like Sergey yeah. last year. His work ethic is impressive, and he's never satisfied with the way he played. I remember he had that four-point game in uh, against Washington, and you know, still didn't feel like he played that well. And he just still feels like he can take that next step. He wants, he genuinely believes, and wants to be the best uh, defenseman in the NHL. He thinks he can be the best defense in the league. So, um, I think he'll yeah. keep getting better. Um, but it's gonna. It, the big questions are gonna be Perbix and Radish. I think we know what we have with with Eric Chernak. Really good steady stay at home defenseman um but can perbix and radish do what they did for a full 82 game season um i think they can i think perbix proved last year he was really good he's probably going to keep getting better um and he puts himself in good situations like he doesn't he doesn't seem like a guy to me that you have to worry about getting hurt um he's actually watching him at world championships it's it's crazy how how big he is and you kind of forget he's a pretty big guy um yeah ton at world championships for the u.s which is really good to see so they had trust in him skated more than any of their d-men dahan like i said another big guy that just steady stay at home third pair guy um and radish is going to be the big the big question mark we'll see where they play him how they play him he was really good with sergachev like i said i thought they were excellent together um but how does that all work out with your with your right side is headman your top pair guy with chernak and then maybe Sergachev and Radish and then do you want Perbix all the way down in your third pair probably not I mean I, I think you could make an argument for all three of those right-handed guys between Chernak Radish and Perbix you don't really want any of them on the third pair like you could make arguments mm -hmm. for all of them getting more ice time so should be a good battle competition um but yeah I think I think overall they're in pretty good shape back there as long as those guys can pan out and keep playing the way that they have um they miss McDonough right I think everyone knows yeah. that he's really really good solid defenseman but it's a hard league to defend in more than ever. Um, there's so much talent up front. And like I said, I think for fans, sometimes it, it would benefit fans to look around the league and see the other six defensemen that teams are throwing on the ice every night, because it's, it's a challenge across the NHL to have six really strong defensemen. And I think the lightning are in, in pretty good shape back there, especially with the money that they have. Yeah, absolutely. And like you mentioned it, when you look around the league, you don't really have three pairings uh, defensively that are as skilled or even versatile. Uh, there's moments where you see Eric Turnak confidently playing more up and, and going behind the other net and trying to create more time, space and plays, which when he first joined the team, you didn't see that at all. He was not no. depressed. <laughs> it was no. a terrifying situation for him. So we've seen strides in his game. And yes, Mikhail Sergachev is very meticulous, um, very smart, very strategic. And even his best games are not good enough. As you mentioned, he's one of my favorites as well, because just the, I think the stride that he took this season alone, that leadership hat that he had to put on when Hedman went down to secure that top power play mm -hmm. spot, um, he didn't take that lightly whatsoever. You have Chernak, who's voiced a couple of times that he wants to be more of a leader on this team. So the young guys that have those lengthy contracts, they want to take on the role of being leaders, of speaking up and helping this team carry forward. So I'm not concerned because I love what we saw out of Perbix. Um, I think the biggest surprise with him was how quickly he got acclimated and made himself a contributing factor. I also like Darren Radish when 
in playoffs. I think he had like 20 plus long shifts. So he showed that he can have endurance. He showed that he can be reliable throughout that endurance, not make a bunch of mistakes when he has to stay out there for extended amount of time, which that will help clean up some of the errors in the D zone. So I'm not panicking when it comes to those guys, but also, as you mentioned, like looking around the league, I won't keep you much longer after this, the compete, a lot has started to change. Teams are becoming extremely scary looking. I know the metropolitan division is freaking me out, um, but with the roster changes and what's coming up this season, where would you kind of put the Tampa Bay Lightning on a scale of one to 10 as competitors? How do you think they'll withstand the competition uh, in this intense season we're heading into? I mean, I in terms of like, if there are, if they're a one or a 10, like where you would rank them against the other teams in the league, I guess maybe there's a few teams that are probably more powerhouses than them. So you could probably throw them in the eight and nine region. But in terms of being competitive, I'd put them at a 10. I really would. I mean, I think that, you know, I talked, I was able to talk to Nikita Kucherov the other day and Brandon when he, cause he's, as everyone knows, he's skating there um, and he's been there for when development camp was there, but he still thinks that they have the best team in the league. Um, it's like I talked about before, they have that really good core. Um, and I think there'll probably be a little bit of want to prove themselves a little bit this year. Um, I think they're going to be doubted big time going into the season. Um, and right now it's going to be, it's going to be on those core guys to carry the team to a certain extent and show that they can still do that. Uh, I think they can, like I said before, the biggest thing for me is the goalie. You have a really, really good goalie who's getting some time off, some time to rest um but if you don't have a goalie in the nhl it's it's hard to go far i mean we've seen the past two cup winners have done it with guys that maybe wouldn't be considered franchise goalies and aiden hill and um darcy kemper but i mean when you're going through the grind of a season you have to have guys that can steal your games i think vassy can do that and they still have the talent up front and and on the back end you have legit superstars in all three portions of your team right you have hedman and sergeyev on the back end you have the goalie and vassy Cooch, Point, Stamkos. I mean, you have really, really good players still. Some elite talent. So I'd give them a 10 in terms of competitiveness. I think they're very much still a Stanley Cup contender. Um, and I do think, like I said, there's probably a little bit of that prove other people wrong mentality going into this year. But with that being said, there are some really good teams in the Eastern Conference, like you mentioned. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned it. Everybody only cares about one thing kind of at the end of the day. That's Stanley Cup. And the Tampa Bay Lightning sit at plus 1,400 odds to win the Stanley Cup in the upcoming season. Do you love these odds, hate these odds? Now, for cash, that means you like it or maybe love it. Case, it means you can look into it a little further. Phone a friend. Cut, it means no. We're not vibing with this at all. We think that they're out of their mind with plus 1,400. What do you think? Cash it. I'd cash it for sure. I, can't, <laughs> I don't know what they've been um in past years but i would imagine they would probably be closer to like plus 800 900 1100 going into previous years um this has to be like the furthest odds they've had over the past three four five six years i would think um, yeah absolutely cash it yeah go for it i mean that's <laughs> really good odds for a team that has won the cup won cups before like i said they're going to be rested have all the talent they need to do it again um they have the pedigree so I would expect a really big year from Vassy too. I think Vassy was was pretty probably pretty disappointed in, in how last year went. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just it's crazy to me. I, I meant to mention it earlier when we were talking about the defense. But you look back and like they played really well against Toronto. I really think they they could have won the series. That that meltdown they had at home when they were winning by I think three or 
four, maybe. I, I know it was at least three. Three. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think three. <laughs> so that was just the most uncharacteristic loss for them that I'd, I'd seen in a long time. But they played really well throughout that series. You know, they, they didn't get lucky in overtime, didn't get the bounces. But Coops talked about it like they – Toronto got a lot of bounces that series and all credit to them. They played really well, but um, you know, they got a lot of deflection goals and a lot of goals in front of the net on rebounds, including some overtime winners. And I think without Eric Chernak, the lightning were struggling there. I mean, that's a guy that's a big guy who, you know, can take away yep. sticks in front of the net. Um, and they missed that big time in that series. So I think they're still a really competitive team. They're going to miss the guys that they've lost for sure. But like I said before, they got a little bit faster. They still have the core group, and I think it's going to be a fun season and, and a fun team to watch. It'll be nice to see some fresh faces and and see how these guys come in and compete. But I think the most important thing, like I mentioned before, is the goalie, and then you got faster. Um, so excited to see what they can do with more speed and, and that tenacity on the forecheck that they want to play with. Um, it should be a fun year and a pretty determined group. Yeah. And for checking, it's always one of the best parts to watch, right? That's why everyone fell in love with Brandon Hagel, who was like the turnover king this past yeah. season. I think that he motivates Anthony Sorelli. At some points, they looked like the Bash brothers to me. They just were kind of like smashing guys and then kind of feeding off one another, giving that glance, skating back. Brandon Hagel plays with such swag, too. When he gets in the zone, he's a whole different person. He's a mm -hmm. lot quiet, a lot more quiet and humble in the locker room. He makes his jokes here and there. Him and Nick Paul are always talking about weird stuff. But then on the ice, there's just this different gear in him, his alter ego. So I think you said it perfectly. Hopefully, Bolts fans feel a little more calm and can take a deep breath at this point. The skill set is there. These are still very highly high-skilled players. Um, the core, most importantly, is there. Vasilevsky is still one of the best. I completely agree with that. To deal with some of the things that he was dealing with this season, it just seemed like he was mentally beating himself in a lot of ways. And so he needed that break not only to heal but to kind of get back mentally attuned with himself. So a lot of good things, Chris. Thank you so much for joining me here on Casing the League. As you guys know, follow Casing the League on Believe Network over on Twitter and all social media platforms. Uh, we're trying out the threads thing. I don't know if you hopped on that. I'm not going to lie. All social media platforms give me anxiety, but it's our job to be everywhere at the same time. So no Casey the League or Believe Network on threads yet, but everywhere else, make sure that you follow all the shows, um, including here at Casey the League, me at the Sports Case, Chris Crenn, the beat writer for the Tampa Bay Lightning, to stay up to date on all Lightning coverage. And until next time, guys, thank you so much for joining me here on Casey the League.